0: People who don't identify with either. This is the Bitch Seed Podcast. I'm Lissa Mandel. Should take this act to Tumblr. I'm Phil Casal. <laughs> let's keep it. Let's keep Tumblr out of this. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Yeah, we're we're too old for Tumblr. I feel like this show is made for people who totally missed the boat on that. Or
0: I don't know. Just, I mean, you know, I have had some requests recently to get other generations involved. Um,
1: who's requesting this? Which studio head?
0: Uh, studio heads that are friend that are people who are my parents' age who are f- f- who.
1: Listen, if I'm you just, want to bring people on on here to talk about their old GI Joes that they they put. I'm talking way before inside.
0: GI Joes. I'm talking about like my mom's generation with like old school Barbies, like the really old school ones who had better proportions and, and better now clothes.
1: They, now they sweat because the chemicals in the plastic are, are breaking down. My mom has one on display, and it looks she looks like she's like waiting for someone. Whoa! To come do you on think door.
0: your mom would want to be on the show?
1: Sure, she would, but it would be an hour. She talks a l- more That's than an fine. hour. That's fine.
0: Let's have her on the show because I think she'd be the best at marketing it. Absolutely, honestly.
1: and she would not mind uh, only being heard because she's she's very like I oh I can't I can't be seen I'm she you know mothers. yeah I know
0: my mom's like that too yeah,
1: absolutely you, a- you can't touch anything in the house and also you uh, you, you can't see them They're not allowed
0: <laughs> <laughs> moms they exist behind some curtain somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we have, we have one of our favorite people on the show today. Um, uh, comedian Jared Wilder, who is pretty much Buddha, the Buddha of the comedy world. Just the nicest, nicest guy. And he has an artifact Phil that is going to make you, uh, come in. Your and brains. I haven't seen it. I <laughs> haven't, haven't seen it yet. Surpri- I'm very excited. It's a surprise for you. Yeah. It's a surprise for you. Um, but per usual, I'm going to start, I'm going to start with a diary entry. Uh, who are we reading? We're reading from satin two, uh, not to be confused with satin, which was the original, the original I one satin. One was called satin because it had point shoes on the front. Okay. Satin two is like, it says it's really boring. It says diary and it has like the gold, the gold leaf around the outside of it. And uh, awesome. let's do this. Let's do this. All right. This is from February 23rd. See, we're right on schedule. February 23rd in the year. The uh, fire Lord. Nineteen ninety six. Ooh. Yeah. So this is way back. Pre internet.
1: This is just pre internet. I know.
0: This is bef- this is pre my email. This is pre email. Yeah. Pre mail So uh, I was obsessed with other things, you know? Dear Satin too. I was recently reviewing entries in my previous volume of thoughts, Satin. Uh, by the way, my this just reminded me of how my dad talks because he uses business speak in his personal life. He's Stuart J. Mandel Esquire.
1: <laughs> oh yes, of course. What's wrong? No, I just can't hear myself. And I love to hear myself. I know. So I that's, why we're, that's
0: why we're here. Yeah. All right. So I was recently reviewing entries in my previous volume of thoughts, Satin. The entries in it were beautiful, and I could hardly believe I had written them. And then I realized why the entries in this volume are so indescriptive and brief. I write them when I'm not in the mood to write. Sometimes when something important happens to me, I feel obliged to write, even though I don't feel like it. But from now on, I'm going to wait. Wait for the inner urge, the swirling, blossoming sensation calling to me from my soul, imploring me to let my feelings and thoughts and dreams tumble from my mind onto smooth white paper. Ah, paper. Yes, I actually wrote this. The most (laughs) useful man-made creation. I think I can safely dub paper my most patient companion. This is a direct ripoff from Anne Frank, by the way. I'm just going to let you know, because Anne Frank is the one who said paper is patient.
1: When did you first uh, discover Anne Frank?
0: You know, I was just trying to figure that out the other day when I first read it, and it was—it was fifth or sixth grade.
1: Did you think when you were a kid that maybe Lisa was her sister who escaped and wanted to spread joy in the world, Lisa Frank? Well, because no, I, I didn't. I, I was just—I'm just being cute. I
0: mean, you know, it wasn't Lisa's story; it was Anne's story. And of course, as you know, in my family, I come from a family of uh, people who enable mental health issues and glamorize them. Uh, so Anne Frank <laughs> <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> it was enough. like a Fair perfect enough. encapsulated story for me, you know, because it was tragic and beautiful. Of and course. Of I want it to be tragic and beautiful, but I turned out to be a big fucking joke. Uh, You're still
1: pretty tragic and beautiful.
0: Inside, I feel tragic, but the more tragic I feel on the inside, the more people laugh at me on the outside, Which is which is another argument for why I don't want to get better because my comedy will go away. Yeah. You know, well, ha- it's, it's, happy people aren't funny. Of course.
1: It's, like, it's that story about the guy who goes to the doctor and he's like, Doctor, I, I feel terrible. I'm so upset. And the doctor's like, hey, listen, Uh, what's the, uh, the um, oh, shit. Uh, well, anyway, I fucked that story up. It's, Wait, you uh, don't know the punchline? Well, pa- Pagliacci's in town. <laughs> Pagliacci's in town. He's a clown. He'll make you laugh. He's great. And then the guy's like, but doctor, I am Pagliacci. Oh. Um. <laughs> uh,
0: if ever. Oh, that's great. That was this beautiful. Is a beautiful. That was evolution beautiful. evolution
1: of uh, when I fail at a joke. I... Uh,
0: yes. Indeed. Um, I mean, but yes. I mean, the point is the cobbler's children have holes in their shoes. Same of thing. Of course. You My know? back's
1: all out of, play- out of whack. My father's a chiropractor.
0: Right. But, I mean. You... <laughs> <laughs> the point is, I thought it was. Listen, I liked Sylvia Plath and Ernest Hemingway and all those super tragic things. But how, how
1: old were you when that started to happen? Because I'm, uh, I'm trying I, to figure that out.
0: At least third grade. Oh. At least that what? old. That was when I started writing. Jesus. And my poetry was very sad. Okay. I don't... Listen, it's a lifelong thing. And my dad was always like oh, you know, you're just like you're just like your dad. The apple doesn't fall, fall far from the tree. When I would tell him about all of my anxiety and depression problems, and he'd be like, oh, I went through all that too, but you're doing it so much earlier than I was because he, he had a nervous breakdown at 30. Um, here I am, 33, and, th- you know. Have you had a few? I've had my share of nervous okay. breakdowns, you know, at least once a week. Anyway, let me finish this entry because it gets even more maudlin.
1: Excellent, and also Jared is shaking. Right. Because he needs to, he really wants to get in. I know, this. I know.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, Meryl awaits me. Now let me just explain. Meryl is what I named my point shoes. <laughs> they didn't have to name one name to describe the entire, yes, I was on point for three years. It permanently destroyed my, my feet, as you know. Meryl awaits me. Maybe I finally become a dancer. When my feet aren't working inside of Merrill, they long for the worn-in shoes, the tight laces around my ankles, the squishy gel pads squirming about my toes. This is very sexual. Tomorrow, Saturday, my yearning will be satisfied. That is, if Michelle, my dance teacher, lets my group dance on point, I think she will. Pleasant dreams. Yeah.
1: Oh, you pleasant dreamed your journal. I always do. Oh, I
0: always give it so a sign cute. off. No, I speak to my journals as if they're people. Well, because named I, did, them, so because yeah, I didn't actually have people that I could speak to like this. I, anyway. Anyway.
1: Anyway. Anyway. So, so. Meryl was your outlet for physical expression and your journal was also an outlet for mental Expression.
0: I need a lot of outlets. A,
1: I, we all need outlets. I had a lot
0: of, a lot of blockages. I'm a lot of
1: blockages. Let's get to the guests and stop making baby sounds at each other. Uh, okay.
0: Okay. All right. So um, our guest is a uh, comedian, Jared Wilder, and um, he does an amazing show at Bunga's Den every week called Laugh in a Draft that I've gotten to be on. And uh, he really is just the most joyful, generous human being ever. Uh, give it up for Jared Wilder. <laughs> Hi, Jared.
2: Hey, guys. How you doing? How are you hey. doing? Hey, Phil. a us yeah I like that. I feel like I just got out of an '80s film.
0: Well, that's the to- yeah. that's the idea. I know. I, I- love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just thinking, actually, regarding that conversation about I don't think that happy people can be funny. I think you defy that stereotype because you seem like one of the happiest people I know. Am I wrong?
2: Oh no, I mean I appreciate that. I definitely do. Uh it's one of those things where I don't necessarily know if it has to be that way. I mean, I don't think uh I feel like in drama and in comedy, I think having pathos is probably the best thing you can have mm-hmm. and having life experiences because you know what it is? I don't feel like I'm going after people when I'm telling comedy. I feel like I'm it was an evolution of my acting, of my improvisation, of my art. And so it got to a point where I'm I'm being able to tell this and still be funny, which is great because I feel like that the fact that I could have the ability to make people laugh or take people away from, honestly, from the difficult stuff, mm-hmm. not just being locked in a basement, you know, but at the same time, mm-hmm. like whatever it was, it's kind of nice to be able to take that away. And I never, I'm fortunate that I don't, I definitely feel all that stuff, but I'm fortunate enough that it doesn't always necessarily uh Bog you down? Yeah. You know, I have just at least the ability to say, all right, well, it's show time." So, you know, you go out there, you do it, and then you come back. And it's like, all right, yeah, that sucked. But, you know, <laughs> tomorrow's another day, and yeah. maybe it won't suck.
0: See, I, yeah, I feel like I, I, I'm bogged down, bogged down, bogged down, and then all day. And then I go to a show. I mean, if, I, if I'm lucky enough to be on a show, I feel I force myself to do it, like pulling teeth, but then I immediately feel better having done it.
2: Like yeah. getting in a pool.
0: Yeah, or like throwing up.
2: Yeah both yeah. or throwing up in a pool have you ever done I've that I've never
0: done that have oh, you
2: you got to honestly you're missing out guys <laughs> really if you haven't thrown up in a pool you haven't lived
0: have you thrown up on an amusement park ride
2: oh at least once yeah probably multiple times I wasn't a roller coaster fan growing up mm-hmm. but I don't think it was like a movie moment where I threw up and like it came back in my face and I was like no
0: yeah I mean I, 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 I've never thrown up on a ride I think I would be just mortified for that to happen but I never, you know yeah. the Sandlot was like a classic exactly you know
2: it's the Sultan of Swahili. Yeah.
0: The Colossus of Cloud. The Colossus of Cloud. <laughs> the Great Bambino. <laughs>
2: the Great Bambino.
0: <gasps>
2: Who's this okay. Bambi you're talking?
1: About? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I never. Found, I had a phobia until I was like 21, and then I. I so I never.
0: Of vomiting. Yeah. You I know couldn't. Seinfeld also.
1: Yeah, but then he now he has so much money he doesn't have to have a, ph- a phobia. He
0: has right. so much money he can vomit in a many many beautiful bathrooms wherever he wants. You vomit wherever I want, <laughs> I have a toilet. Same. Well, so Jared, okay, so have you always been so grounded and and um? I don't know. Have you always been the way you are now, or do you feel like you've gone through traumatic experiences and come out calm on the other end?
2: That's it. Absolutely. I feel like I've dealt with so much at some point, and I was also uh, sick when I was younger, and then when I was in college, and so because of that, I feel like once you've made it through, like honestly the same exact situations you were talking about, once you've made it through something like that, I feel like everything else kind of has more perspective mm-hmm. and perspective governs if not is reality. Mm-hmm. So the perspective that I have is that I'm incredibly fortunate to even be living, getting to do what I love, getting to be around people that are wonderful, who work hard like you know, you guys, and are just wonderful to be around. And it's like it's 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 really easy to be happy when I'm around people who are as wonderful as you guys are. Oh stop. Oh, come on.
0: <laughs> yeah, keep yeah. buttering me up. So, do you where where did you grow up, or was it many places? Oh, um,
2: Manhattan, born and raised.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Where? Whereabouts?
2: Sixty yeah. third and Broadway. The Mean Streets of the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Nice. Oh,
0: so, so like Lincoln Center was yeah. in the backyard. Yeah. Actually,
2: uh, the view from my uh, from my room was of Lincoln Center. Oh my that's god! So, yeah, I'm it was amazing. So envious. Oh please! I mean, hey, you know, it ain't no Connecticut. It's all I'm gonna say.
0: <laughs> oh, no, we're not gonna go there. No, I was dying to live where you. That's amazing.
2: I went to camp in Connecticut though, so we kind of did the reverse. Oh, where did it'd be you? like during the summers we'd go up to Tarrington, Connecticut. Uh huh. And so we wound up going to uh, High Meadow Day Camp, and my sister went there, and so I was there. We spent a good amount of time uh, in Connecticut, so I I have more fondness, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, you always want what you don't have, I'm sure. That's just how it goes. Yeah, (laughs) Um, and were you? So you said you don't have to talk about this if you don't want, but it is a show about revealing. Oh, absolutely. You said you were sick when you were younger. Yes, that was a long-term thing. So I
2: had well, first when I was born, I had a heart condition. Actually, yeah, I know, which is kind of crazy. And then, ironically enough, I was underweight, which I made sure to take care of later (laughs) on in life. I'll say that much. Uh, And then I I had a, a a throat issue, actually. I kept on getting tonsillitis, and then at some point, actually, I had it had gotten infected, and so basically, uh, the, my like the tonsils were so large that it basically I sounded like I was Kermit the Frog, <sighs> but not intentionally. Oh no! Well, like usually, you know. And I wound up actually. Uh, <clears throat> I remember one night where they got so big that it almost closed off my windpipe oh, and passage. So the next day, I had to go to the emergency room. And they had to like had to cut open my throat and my tonsils. Yeah, sorry. How old were you? <clears throat> this is two thousand three, so I was twenty three. Right, but it's
0: not when you were. It's not when you were like young. You know? Oh, when
2: I was first born it was the heart condition, and then when I was in college it was the throat issue.
0: Do you know what was it? Genetic. Do you know what it
2: no, came No, no. Honestly, um, I mean, which one? The the heart condition? Both, either. Yeah, I think it was just one of those things where I was a, a preemie at the time and underweight, and which I think you know you'll appreciate. Then uh, probably played into the overbearing Judaism of my parents already being <laughs> like, well, you know, we almost lost you, so we're always going to be more protective of you, and that. On top of the Judaism uh, is always a very interesting combination.
0: Yeah, so were you, um, was that a major part of your childhood? Did you practice? Did you, were you bar mitzvah? Did you do all the things?
2: Oh, yeah, you know, uh, I I definitely was. I had had my bar mitzvah at medieval times.
0: Oh, Oh, man. man. Mm -hmm. Shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right. Dinner (laughs) and
2: jousting and entertainment.
0: That is the coolest.
2: Yeah, it was pretty badass. It was.
0: Um, And so you, but... So, you weren't orthodox then?
2: No, 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 no. Because medieval times
0: I don't feel like would be a place where orthodox Jews would go for abundance. No,
2: but with. I will say though, that's one of those things that after being in medieval times, and if I was orthodox, I might consider just going back because you know what? <laughs> medieval times is that good of an experience in the long run.
0: When's the last time you were there?
2: Um, might be 2005? Wow. Yeah.
0: We should take a trip. Yeah, for real. Honestly. Eat a giant turkey leg. It's only, so good. It's so great. I've only
1: went once. I was like, I think I was like 27, and it was. i said always wanted to go. Oh, it's
2: ridiculous. Uh
1: it was great. It's just cool to watch them joust. I mean, whether it's predetermined or not, it's just so fun to you yell know, at them.
0: The medieval times came to my school. Mine too. When I was in uh, sixth grade, maybe, and so we all went out on this big field. Like, first of all, like, first of all, I was wearing a fucking. Oh homemade costume made out of felt that looked like a court jester with yeah. like a little like yeah, half of like the pom pom on it yeah like a boss or like a really really dorky 11 year old and uh did
1: you ask for that
0: everybody everybody <laughs> got dressed up my mother kind of liked to make homemade costumes <laughs> once okay. in a while but I looked like I looked like a green and yellow playing card the hat <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we ate turkey legs in the, in the school cafeteria and then we all went out to the fields. they gave the you back. turkey legs fuck yeah. yeah dude they didn't give us turkey legs well, you know, Guilford, Connecticut, I guess it succeeded at one thing. But we went out to this field in the back to watch the jousting. And frankly, I don't re- I just remember being uncomfortable because we were like out in the sun with all the bugs and the fucking pointy grass. And I was just like, you know what? I just feel like I, I just feel like this could have been time that I'm spending at home right now. I don't know. I I I, I wasn't into it. I'm not a- the jousting is violent.
1: That's true. But I mean, I feel like
0: I need to have the whole experience at the place. You gotta go.
1: The place is where it's at. It
2: is. It's because it's part Night's Tale, part Game of Thrones.
0: Which I would appreciate now. Yeah.
2: yeah. No
1: one dies that violently. There's no no blood. But I mean, there's still a lot of like. There's there's some there's some good stuff. There's some stabbing. Yeah, could be. Did
0: you? So did did having that heart condition prevent you from being like a physically active kid? Did it did it affect you? Socially, in
2: any way? No, I think it just uh, my overall personality probably affected me more socially at the time. <laughs>
0: Meaning what? Meaning what?
2: <clears throat> no, I was because uh, I was also I was five four two forty five. Oh, shit! In like ninth grade, eighth grade. So you how know. how
0: tall are you now? You're like pretty we, yeah pretty
2: big dude, right? And so it's like now it actually looks okay, you know. But then it was like Shamu the killer whale, Aww. yeah, which you know made high school a blast. Yeah,
0: it's always fun. And were you, because I feel like some people who have a difficult time with their looks get like really, really inside themselves and introverted and some people turn the other way and become class clowns to make it look like they're happy and everyone's friend. Did you go in one of those ways or the other?
2: You know, I actually think it's a combination of both. Mm -hmm. I think there was a part of where it's like, okay, at first you think, because I didn't realize that I was the class clown. In the same way you're saying like, okay, well people are laughing. Yeah. It's like, well, wonderful. I mean, if they're laughing, fantastic. And then, you know, all of a sudden that gives you the confidence to take into math class. You know? And it's maybe silly, but at the same time all of a sudden it's there. And then that goes forward to like, okay, I can do this and then perform in theatrically this way. And it kind of just continues on down the line a little bit.
0: And what so did your did your like kind demeanor protect you from bullying or did no, you get it? Oh bullied god, I bully all
2: the time. I think oh, that's really? why you know in a way, that's why when I've seen so much of that and it's been so difficult for me and it had such an effect on me in at the time a negative way. Now I just don't understand being so terrible to somebody. It's just a perspective of kindness mm-hmm. yeah. is important in mm-hmm. this world, in this life, in friendship, and everything. And i it still it bothers me that people don't understand how important that really is, just in the overall world we're living in. And Absolutely. it's
0: easy to do. It's so, it's so easy. easy.
2: But it's also easy to go the
1: other way. And that's right. why I don't understand that. When I was in college, I took a philosophy course and I, you know... I got so angry because the professor uh, was, you know, there is no evil, there's just evil intentions in them or whatever the, whatever he was trying to tell me. Um, I didn't do well in that class. Uh, but I, I couldn't believe him because of the, I was very bullied in high school and, and, and middle school and elementary school and it's like, where does it come from? It's gotta come from somewhere and it's never, I don't think they're ever doing it out of good or for their own good. I just don't understand it. I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I stand. Hashtag, I, I stand with Jared.
2: <clears throat> hashtag, I, oh, stand, with I stand with Oh,
0: I stand with, oh, I like this. I go. like this game. Um, this but, is the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but did you, did you have a, a handle? Like, how did you, God, I, what do I want to ask? I have so many things that I want to ask. Go, what were you going to say? I feel
2: like college is when, you know what it is? Because everyone saw me as, as overweight, fat Jared. Also, I had no personality until I was very introverted. And so when you were talking about the G.I. Joes or like wrestling figures, I was creating these fantasy worlds in front of me with all these guys and creating this. And I, and I guess in a way, I was probably living in that world of my own while that time was happening.
0: Meaning like with like your with your toys, yeah. did you have? Did you hang out a lot by yourself or did you have a close cluster of friends?
2: You know what, when I started, sadly enough, making, the, and this also is a very poignant thing, when I started to lose the weight and people stopped viewing me that way, that's when more people wanted to hang around, but that Sex. was it was awful, and so for me, I was like, eh, I don't really know, you already showed me what you were, so I don't necessarily know if I wanna hang around with you as much, mm-hmm. but I do have my friends that I've had the whole time, yep. and then I felt like, for me, going to college really changed it all, because you can walk in there and you can be who I was at 18.
0: Nobody or, has any idea where you came no, from. No,
2: right, exactly. And it's like, all right, well, everyone was there and they don't have these preconceived notions. I actually remember this and it was very impactful. I, and sadly enough, this person is actually working in New York theater now. But uh, in high school, we mm-hmm. went, uh, I remember it was Crimes of the Heart. Mm-hmm. And I was auditioning for Barnett Lloyd. Uh-huh. And. Uh, Beth Henley kinds of the heart wanna you know give a shout out to Beth Henley we don't know each other by the way Italy, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag uh, Beth Henley yeah hashtag my girl Beth um, <laughs> hashtag I stand with Beth <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And uh, I remember auditioning and felt it was one of the best at the time auditions that I'd had yeah. and then I remember hearing from a friend who had gotten the part that the director said that she couldn't look past the way I looked like in eighth grade. Ugh, this was senior yeah. year of, uh, of high school. This
0: reminds me of pancake.
1: Oh God, we won't we won't get into that. Yes, I, we will. Had, I had a personal, I had a story in college where I did this play, and I was trying real hard because it was a smaller role, and I wish I'd. I was a little pissed I didn't get the other part of a guy uh, that which was poorly acted, and I did this thing in the, an awards thing uh, called ACTF. They mm-hmm. would they come to the They were adjudicators area. adjudicators yeah. They come to uh, the colleges in the tri-state area. They, they rate you. And then after the show, you sit down and they tell you how they feel about you. Everyone in the room together. And so they're giving everybody notes. Mike Racine was in it. And they're like, you're real slimy. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so he nailed it. Oh, fully formed as a child. Um, so everybody, you know, they got their due. And then they're like, oh, the reporter, uh, which is me, uh, the reporter. Um, I just wrote one thing down. I don't know what it is. Can you tell me it's a uh, – pancake <laughs> pancake i don't know pan like they, then they started saying pancake a bunch of times <laughs> as if maybe if they just say pancake at each other the meaning will finally come out and then they were getting mad. like i don't know why i wrote this i don't pancake pancake like there's two of them just saying it
0: and meanwhile you're there on stage in front of hundreds of people like watching this go down yeah and, you and can't my, do anything my face about it. like
1: my my frown couldn't go deeper. Yeah, like it actually like I I injured myself frowning that day because it was just like all the energy from the room. It was just them trying to figure out yeah. what pancake meant. I'm still to this day trying to figure out what pancake means. Uh, and in fact I, I don't. <laughs> it just yeah pancake. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but I I uh I know exactly I know exactly what you're talking about and in, in terms of. Having, like, being judged a certain way, and then you're sort of stuck in it, especially if you're, especially if you uh, don't move, like, we didn't move around when I was a kid, like, at all. We were in the same place the whole time. And so you have one reputation, people see you one way. And that's why I loved going to these summer programs um, because I, Nobody knew. Like yeah. no, nobody, nobody knew what I was judged for, where I came from. Well,
2: isn't that the funny part of the modern day too? That everyone knows what you're judged for, and mm. you can't escape from it. It's true. No, it's, it's, it's
0: like now. It's like now the classroom yeah. is social media, and you're just out there. Yeah.
1: Well, the the classroom is now just can just following you now. It used to be when you when you finish high school, you can just wash it off and start be new. incognito, right, right. be a new person in yeah. college because you are now free of the change. But now that it's it continues. Yeah, uh, and it continued. Like I still have my aim from high school. Yeah, what was your aim? My I had a few. The first one was Bat one one three eight. Of it was course, a it was Batman and Star Wars reference. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it became Tommy Walnuts, which was my porn star name. Oh duh. And then I watched this Steven Soderbergh movie where they were in the background talking gibberish, but then in another scene, actually saying lines. But the gibberish, he said something about. Uh, jigsaw landmine and i was like oh that's a fun combination of words and so that was my definitive jigsaw landmine yeah. jigsaw landmine was by
2: find me on aim at jigsaw <laughs> landmine what was your aim yeah it was lithium dx Ooh. nice lithium for nirvana and dx for degeneration yeah
0: that's awesome <laughs> mine was blue moon 422 but uh without the e of course right. yeah yeah uh so, Jared, uh, I, want, I want you to, to bring out this amazing artifact that you somehow still have. Yeah,
2: I know. I'm very excited because at first I was like, man, I don't know if I could find something that I had made in the same way right, right, up right. until that point. However, the sure. fact that I have this. and uh,
0: is, It will be just fine. It okay. will be just fine. So he's, he's reaching into his back. I have, I have no
1: f- idea what, it, what, what, it, what it's going to be.
0: I might. Uh, somehow we're going we're gonna to spread this out.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Spreading it out.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a monster artifact. Uh-huh. And, and by, by the way, podcast yes. listeners, you'll be able to see this um, on uh, the Bitch Seat Podcast. Oh, this is com. the best era. So, Jared, describe what this is here.
2: So, what this is, and what Phil was in fact referencing, the best era. This was my childhood comforter.
1: It's a WWF wrestlers. From the '80s, '90s, and today, and today, well, I mean, <laughs> no, they're not even alive today. That's sad. the sad. There's, part. Maybe, there's maybe four of them on this that are still alive. Yeah, maybe it's half. Yeah, that's. Uh, but it's got you know Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Jake the Snake, the Bushwhackers, yep, Legion yep. of Doom, mm-hmm. Big Boss Man, um, Macho Man. Yeah, they're all mostly dead except for Hogan, Bushwhackers, one of the Legion of Doom, and Jake the Snake.
2: Yeah, which is weird because of all the people you would have assumed that Jake the Snake He was on the top that guy. of everybody's Deadpool. Oh, my God. you can, He's literally the Deadpool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> True. True story. Uh, this is great.
2: You can so, still feel on the other side how,
0: oh, how 80s it is. Oh, it's very well-worn and loved, um, and all these bright colors. And um,
2: Do you still use it? Oh yeah, you know what? On the hard. You have nights. this on your on your no, bed now. Cut it off. No, <laughs> let me tell you, women love that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is now, yeah, I f- I feel like this kind of stuff. I feel like they would sell this in Urban Outfitters. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, yeah for like yeah. seventy, eighty dollars. Yeah. Oh, at least probably more.
0: Uh, and um, so what's your what how, what was your story about this? How do you feel about this blanket? What? How old were you when you got it? And. Uh, Did you use it as a cape, et
2: cetera? Oh, at least, yeah. Because it was basically, so it became a a de facto cape. uh, And there was something about the time when I started watching wrestling.
0: Yeah. How old were you? you Honestly,
2: probably five. Something like that. Just about that. And uh, because when I think back now on my life, two of my biggest loves. Are sports and entertainment, mm-hmm. and it's sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I remember having this for the entire time, and I remember so many times, right? The, Perfect mustache, the, mustache, of the mustache, the mustache guys. is spectacular. I had a Jake the Snake doll that you could color in. Nice. And I was probably not at the point where I could color in the lines yet, so it just looks like I've just like painted over Jake the <laughs> Snake with all these random colors.
0: So anyway, so you're, you're
2: five, you're starting to watch. So I'm five, I'm starting to watch. And there's and the theatricality and the grand nature of the 80s, everything was bigger, mm-hmm. everything was bolder, and this is the time when I thought, that's it. Yep. I wanted to be a pro wrestler for a while. Me a pro do. wrestler, a cartoonist, and I was like, "Wait, I am two forty. I'm probably bigger than half of them at the time." Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and it's amazing to me now to look back because my nephew, because of the WWE network, who's twelve, can go back. And I remember, sadly enough, when uh, Ultimate Warrior passed away, and this was last year. It was yeah, last two days rec- after WrestleMania. Two days after getting inducted into the. WWE Hall of Fame. There's something so sad about that. And then
1: he he comes on he, he he gets into the ring uh the day after WrestleMania gives a huge speech about the ultimate warrior and how it, what it means to everyone dies on the parking lot in the parking lot the day after on his way home. Like
2: it was ridiculous. It's heart attack.
1: It's insane.
2: And in a way it's like, you know what he what he needed to do in his Life was to be able to get past that difficulty, mm-hmm. and the same that we're talking about—that mm-hmm. trying to get past the difficulties—and mm-hmm. then I think that you know I heard so many interviews throughout the years with these people, and it's like the the difficulties of that time and what it took to be there. And then I thought, okay, that really affected me. It affected me hearing yeah. the speech because you because we've lived through that twenty years, mm-hmm. yeah, where we saw that it's like yeah, okay, when you go on the network, well, so I, I my mom goes, yeah, you know. Did you know uh, Ultimate Warrior died? And Jacob was my nephew. He was just, he was bawling.
0: Crushed. Crushed. And I was like,
2: I'm sorry, you were crushed? That was my childhood. You literally, one by one, are taking away parts of my childhood. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's just like a, maybe it's a psychological thing with me, but I put a lot of memories into stuff. Oh, Which, means, yeah. Well, obviously you know,
0: I do too. Yeah.
2: But like that is a lot. That's meaningful. Like it's this is meaningful. But like in the whole like if like uh, I remember you guys talking about the something you lost, like the the physical thing that you mm-hmm. lost, and then like how that affects you yeah. and how that changes you. And it's like yeah, sometimes I feel like wait, I lost that. Did I lose this uh, person? Did yeah. you lose a?
0: But did you, it's a like part a part of, of, you. of yourself. Right. Yeah, it is. Uh, and and um. God, I have no words. I have no words right now. Okay, I get it.
2: I get it. Yeah.
0: No, well, I mean, I like a huge struggle that I'm going through right now in my life that is relevant is that I have so much stuff, and I'm and I'm feeling like it has encroached upon me. So I'm simultaneously codependent with these material things, with these like pieces of nostalgia from my past. Yeah. And I'm afraid that if I let them all go, because like there's part of me that's like really tempted to just. Cut ties with mm-hmm. all of the material things, but then I wonder, you know, what what will remain of me? Yeah.
2: Right, right. And you know what I think? I think certain people who have less attachment to that, it's probably easier for them. Honestly, I, I get where you're coming from because I want to do some spring cleaning, and I'm like, I'd like to actually yeah. have some room in the apartment that would, yeah. you know, would be on the floor. That's nice. And at the same time, though. I feel like if I'm throwing that out, I'm going to lose that part. And as silly as it sounds, I'll, I'll rent a, a mini storage to put that in there to keep this.
0: Oh yeah.
2: And it's like, hey, you know what? I understand where you're coming from. I don't think that's. The, I hope that's not the case. But I'm also not doing. I'm also doing the same exact thing.
0: No, I mean, I've, I've been thinking about renting a storage space too. To be honest, so if you want to share one, you know, let me know. We could go in. On a it.
2: storage co-op.
1: Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Rent controlled.
0: Um. But I I think what's so interesting about wrestlers, and I only know what I know about wrestlers because of Phil, because it wasn't it wasn't a thing that hashtag
1: I stand with Phil
0: hashtag I stand with Phil hashtag
1: You know I stand with Warrior,
0: but especially with this blanket, um, where the depictions of all these wrestlers they're 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 drawn as cartoons, and so it's almost like when you see a wrestler die, yeah, it's like seeing one of the it's like seeing a uh, an Iconic cartoon character dying—it's like seeing Tommy Pickles die. Yeah, Yeah. because but it's like real life. You know, it's it's like seeing like one of the um, Captain Planet kids die, but they don't ever die because cartoons are—they go on; they're timeless. They go on forever. But I feel like by introducing these wrestlers into your life when you're young, they're real people too. Also,
1: they are projecting, putting so much of their life energy (laughs) on camera. Like Macho Man, he he died uh again, heart attack the last minute and I think he just mended fences with the WWE Yet just happened they just put out a, an action figure he was in a video game he cut a promo on his action figure and it was like he was like this old guy with a big white beard His life was completely different but it's like they, they just keep disappearing and they, they but at the same time you can go on YouTube and see possibly why they just dis- they're disappearing because they're putting so much work in to being. That intense all the time.
2: Well, just like you guys, just like we were talking about, you're saying that you're giving all of yourself. And I hear that, and I mean the three of you. I mean, like, give all yourself every podcast, every time you're on stage. That matters a lot. And that's what they're doing they're g- literally giving their lives for our entertainment yeah and
0: little 5 year old jared felt that yeah. and and appreciated that energy that someone else is putting out for your benefit right
2: in a way if you're going to make like a superhero comparison they're larger than life exactly. so when you're when you're growing up learning about and and superman batman yeah, exactly. star wars yeah. and then these characters uh, yeah, I mean, I'm Jewish, so I didn't like say my prayers like that, brother. <laughs> yeah. you know? but, it, but you say the prayers, you train, you know, take your vitamins. It's an idea, and it's like standing up for what's right, you know? And even the Hulk Hogan, the entire Hulk Hogan theme music could just be the national anthem if you wanted. It sure. may as well be. It's, it might as well anthemic. be. It's
0: anthemic, yeah. Yeah,
2: and it's like, if you hurt my friends, then you hurt my pride. I gotta be a man. I can't let it slide. I (laughs) am a real American. It's such a shame about him. Oh,
0: but we almost played that. We almost did.
1: I did, but I'm also I'm I'm sour on Hogan because of his uh, because of his antics. Uh, In life, in life. Well, no, like as a kid, I was a huge Hogan fan, and it's not it's not the racism. No, I was was just it's uh, (laughs) it's the fact that I've I've noticed that Hogan has been secretly evil this entire time. Every time. He, he gives up the spotlight or does something to put himself over when somebody else should be going over. He's wearing red pants. I'm noticing there's a, there's a trend. Mm-hmm. There's oh, something what, there's between what, me You're a conspiracy theorist. I stand theorist. with red pants. Uh, <laughs> WrestleMania 9. He, yep. he takes the belt yep. from Yokozuna yep. after uh, shenanigans ensue with him yeah. and Bret Hart. Yeah. Red pants. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he helps Macho Man win by hitting uh, Ted DiBiase with a,
2: with a belt. Red pants. Mm-hmm. And also at the Trump Plaza
1: yeah trump plaza hmm. yeah thank thank god and i quote thank god trump is a donald Trump is donald trump's okay that's he's enough like, anyway, i don't
0: ever want to use his name on this podcast he ever again
1: turns heel uh on staying in macho man he's wearing red pants when he joins the nwo all these times anyway who cares yeah
0: okay now i just let you hijack hijack this podcast I'm for the so... sake of wrestling for hey, listen the only time i stand with
1: red pants hashtag
0: that way. I don't know if I do anymore. I don't stand with red Well, Jared, was there was there one wrestler um, among others that you felt uh, very like a kinship with that you felt was that was it your favorite or that you felt closest to or that you were the most excited to watch?
2: All right, it's been different points in my life. I'll give you three. So it's okay. like younger Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The most impactful as a high school or an adult, mm-hmm. The Rock. Mm -hmm. because that was when the point when I was becoming more the idea of what I wanted to be as a man.
0: Which
2: is what? Oh, uh, to be... He he was the most charismatic man in electrifying. sports entertainment. He was electrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you could go out there and electrify, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. you know, I drop some Edison on you. I could bring it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. The impactful point. so Hulk Hogan impacted me when I was learning like well my parents impacted me the most, but did, like
0: did you watch wrestling with your parents or did you watch? was it the thing they you did alone? It took
2: me you know, that was the amazing part. Also it has a lot of wonderful feelings uh with with family, uh, that i I have such vivid memories of being of going to Ben's, the, the, deli, the deli on 38th Street with my mom, mm-hmm. and then going to Madison Square Garden. Oh, yeah, and then in Hershey, Pennsylvania, I remember we wound up going as a family mm-hmm. first to Hershey, which mm-hmm. what was? Oh, I know. Yeah, we got also down. Dorney. Oh, Dorney. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> never. Kissimmee, uh, never St. Cloud. <laughs> we never made it there, no. and I think it's okay. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, and then recently yeah. Daniel Bryan oh, who recently man. retired because I saw him as an adult in all these in all these gyms so in the same you know what it they is it, in the same way that we're doing these shows around town and not them maybe 20 people are there 100 people you're are there you're working out you're working out and it's like you know what the the connection to the characters, it felt like, oh well, it was you know what it is? It's like an indie band. They're like, no, that was that was my band. Like yeah. I know they hit big, but like uh, I saw that uh Oh yeah he, I knew I knew the one he, yeah. you know, he was wearing a cape, yeah he was bald with a beard and he came out
1: to the final countdown.
0: Yes.
2: It was awesome. Oh please are you kidding me? That still I would sometimes come out to that in shows because of that.
0: Oh really? Yeah, yeah.
2: really it's so dorky it, and ridiculous. No,
0: but I love it. It's it's like your um it's like your uh, your shield.
2: Yeah. Almost. But yeah. it's also that's the
1: the connection between comedy and music and wrestling is very, very real and close because whether it's 12 people or 80,000 people, they're still giving 150%. They're working so hard. And Daniel Bryan, yeah. he worked... He only ever wanted to be a wrestler since
2: he started, so he worked probably every day every, just to do it. It's just like we're doing, and yeah. improv, and stand up, and life. It's your ten
0: thousand hours. It is. Yeah. Your t-
2: that's what it is. And no matter, I like that. And no matter what it is, we're all glad it. You know, we all yeah. have to get there to some point, and it's just a choice of what it is, whether or not it's sports, yeah. entertainment, business.
0: And did you? First of all, when did you start doing stand up?
2: I st- okay. I actually, st- uh, I've done half my life as an actor. Yeah but I started doing stand up when I moved back from Los Angeles because I came back from LA to New York to be on Broadway and couldn't get arrested. Mm-hmm. Really, couldn't get on and I felt like, okay, well, there's a stage. Yeah, I have the opportunity to get on that stage and mm-hmm. you know what, well, this is the evolution. I feel like if you're not consistently going back to the music aspect, uh, Madonna, you know, mm-hmm. you know, or to me, a little more appropriately Bon Jovi. <laughs> uh-huh. If you don't wind up over time, Evolving, who you are, the world, the market, everything—you kind of just get worked out. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, all right, you see all these people, even like De Niro, going from you know the the I greatest. Know now stuff. he's
0: doing the like slapstick, dirty, dirty oh. grandpa.
2: Yeah, and you know what though? Great because then when he goes back and he brings in like a De Niro performance in like two three years, and he can go back to being like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I heard things. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, it'll be yeah. great because he's evolved and you believe it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And when you, when you started... When, so when you finally evolved to, to be... And this isn't really childhood anymore. I don't know if it's Five cheating. years, We're still by talking. the way. Five so years
2: I, of stand-up.
0: Did you think about wrestling as you made that journey, as you made that transition? Like, Did it, did it enter your mind, uh, these icons? Y-
2: you know what it is? I think that uh, seeing... Anytime I go to Madison Square Garden... For me, growing up in New York, Madison Square Garden, Yankee Stadium, and Broadway,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so I see them all the same way. I see, I see Broadway and Derek Jeter as Derek Jeter, The Rock, and Tom Hanks, or whoever it is. You know, mm-hmm. as the same way. Mm-hmm. So the evolution of it is as a performer mm-hmm. and as a person, and so you see good, bad, and the ugly. Unfortunately, with a lot of these people. Yep. How and a lot of the idols from the comedy world, yes. you know. Um, yes, we. I, I enjoy myself, and I, I do like to imbibe and have fun. But sure, these but- guys did it in a way that took it down a difficult road yeah. to come back, and that's where it is. You, I feel like it. You know, yeah. you learn. The things not to do exactly. from certain people. It too. kind of reminds me of
1: the Looney Tunes episode where uh, Daffy Duck and and Bugs Bunny are trying to one up each other, mm-hmm. and uh, Daffy Duck blows himself up, and he's like, "We want you to do it again," and he's like, "Well, I, you know, unfortunately, I can only do this once." As yeah. he's floating up to heaven,
0: yeah, that's them. That's
1: what Jake the Snake did. You know? yes. So they
0: were they were not only they were not only someone to aspire to, but they were also cautionary tales. Cautionary tales, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's
2: larger than life. And this is also goes back. And then when I went into Stella Adler, I'll mm-hmm. say I feel like that affected me as an actor a lot because uh the theatricality that you have to start with when you're in theater this isn't okay i'm here
0: no it's your whole body full body experience you are
2: trained to hit the back of the audience Mm -hmm. that's your job so Mm -hmm. you better do that and if they can do that in this theater this grandiose theater that is madison square garden hershey park whatever it is In this small space, you can bring an entire, it's a Roman Colosseum. Yeah. You bring everyone into this small space. Focus point. It's telling stories, they're storytellers at their best and bad storytellers at their worst mm-hmm. and that's why it ebbs and flows because it's they're always going to be their athletes but yeah. the stories themselves just like any tv show movie that you really love it's like all right if that's one you get behind if this is your person yeah, had the entire rock stone cold that whole 90s mm-hmm. era yeah because you always had somebody now honestly there aren't that many people that I'm like. Oh, I got to really get behind you. So you know what? If I'm yeah. going to do a show tonight, I might not catch Monday Night Raw. Yeah. The, or, or the game. Right, but
0: you. But that's because you've stepped into your. You found your place uh, where you can be one of these icons. Right. Where you can become larger than exactly. life. Exactly. You have your own stage. Right. Do you remember the first time that you were ever on a stage? Or the, yes. One of the early times yes. that was really impactful yes. to you. Yes.
2: Fourth grade. It was uh, a right. So uh, my. My grade school is on 62nd and uh, and Central Park West.
0: Public or private?
2: Private, mm-hmm. because the private school. Very fancy. Oh, you know me. Um, <laughs> the private uh, the public school, unfortunately, was going to be Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. and that wouldn't have worked as much probably for mm-hmm. me at the time. It's like, hey, if it was you know,
0: like if the bullying was hard as it was, right? Yeah. It was
2: probably not. It was just a little bit. Oddly enough, just probably going to be a lot more difficult. But uh, the incentive of a woman. Mm-hmm. The scene that at the end when they're in the when Al Pacino comes in, yeah. to, right? That's my grade school. Oh, shit. So that was the stage.
0: <gasps> that's oh. amazing. Yeah.
2: And you,
0: when did you see Scent of a Woman?
2: I, okay. Or did I you was, know
0: the lore from when you were young? I
2: was at that building that day for the Penny Carnival oh, that we God. had <laughs> in the sixth floor that was. The Jennifer Aniston and um, oh man, uh, Paul Paul Rudd, Jennifer Aniston. They might have been. Were they're in a a gym upstairs? They're like
1: directing kids.
2: Yeah. Who was the one who was in the OC? Fuck. Oh, I don't know.
1: uh, Misha. No. Uh,
2: Uh, uh, Sorry, totally took that off. But so that was that one, and I remember it specifically because we did the Dead Man in Indian Creek, which somehow. We got a writer, like we actually got a book yeah. from a writer that came in to this, to this grade school.
0: Wow, the perks of a private New York City. Well, school. let me tell you, yeah. you know, uh,
2: and yeah, and then I remember her coming in and breaking down a script to us as fourth graders. Wow, and I was like, wow, this is super intense because I don't even really sing at full volume when I'm doing this school theme song in an entire auditorium, let alone three of us up here. And the truth is, you didn't audition at the time. Everyone who wanted to put their name in and they just drew them out. And I remember when they drew my name out, I was so giddy that I remember like my legs were going up and down, I was
1: like
2: (laughs) And then it wound up being such an amazing experience that really propelled me on later. To realizing I could do. It's realizing what you can do yes. in life. And yeah. it's like and that you can do it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I so in a like going back to like a sports way, but there's it does a Derek Cheater quote that I always loved in terms of just stage. He goes, When uh when you're in it's the ninth inning, it's bottom of the ninth World Series, and then we're coming up there and somebody's trying to pitch to you, right? What do you think? Like before just like any time, what do you You know Seinfeld, Stephen Martin. What do you do before you go out on stage? The moment before. Yeah. And he just takes a breath and he goes, "Well, I just think I've been there before. I've been successful before. Swing away." Awesome. And it's like, yeah, it's as simple as that, and that's Mm -hmm. why I feel like it's been there before. I've been successful, and I've also failed before. I know what they both mean,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and the failure—not eh, so bad. The failure of not going.
0: You're out saying bad. you knew this in fourth grade?
2: Oh no, I realized that probably <laughs> when Terry Jeter was winning championships. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, in fourth grade, but it was one of those things in fourth grade where it changed because I wasn't just viewed as what I was at the time as a child. It was no, this is the potential of what you can be. Right, right. And we all have the potential to be what it is. It's like what I felt like about I, I transferred into NYU, mm-hmm. right? And I had some people who were unbelievably talented who were in programs, you know, during the summers mm-hmm. that we got to do here and there. And they were in random schools. And you never, I didn't understand why. And the truth is, though, half the people that I went to school with aren't even in the business anymore. Right. You have the opportunity to be great we can give you the tools we can give you classes we can give you you know the this studio this stage but it's really up to you you me you know if you don't want to be don't be you know
0: but i i i think that having those opportunities like i that opportunity that you were talking about i didn't have until i was a freshman in high school okay that was the first time that i spoke on stage alone and it was such an incredibly powerful moment for me because i had been I mean, perceived as a quiet kid, a really quiet, like really hardworking, really kind of, I don't know, boring maybe, or just like intense overachieving, but not, not a public figure. And so the first time I got, I wore these loud ass wooden clogs on stage to audition for these student written one acts. And it was a thing where, like, everybody was in the auditorium together. All the the, direct, the directors of the one acts plus all the people auditioning were all in the auditorium. Yeah. And the only noises that happened were noises that came from me. And the fact that I could control... When those noises happened, how loud my voice was—that everybody in the in the place was looking at me—and it was just—I cannot describe the rush. I remember going home and trying to do my English homework after that, and I couldn't do it. I was yeah. like, "Fuck this, <laughs> fuck it." But who needs
2: English? Oh
0: my god! But like, you're right. I think a lot of a lot of people have those opportunities and are given those tools, but. You latch on if it's what you need for your p- own personal healing.
2: I like that word "need." It's like, yeah, sometimes you need that. Mm-hmm. You need that uh, person to show you that that's possible. That mm-hmm. that you can be that way, and it's important. That
0: it is absolutely <sighs> okay. All right, Jared, we're going to close this out with a gift. Oh, that's what we always don't get excited. It's always it's no, always I, kind I'm of at, garbage. Oh, the
2: closing out part.
0: Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's yes. 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 Um, and for you, I have. Um, from my personal collection of Pogs, uh, you know, Pogs. Yeah. This is, um, it's a kind of a hologram. So if you hold it in one light, it's a snake. And if you hold it in another light, it's a Popsicle that says Slug Bar on it. I don't know what Slug Bar is. It's probably a skating company. But here <laughs> for you is a Pog, best Jared, from, from my childhood Pog collection. <laughs>
2: It's let me tell you, take where I'm from, you give somebody a personal pog from your personal collection. I mean you're pretty much best friends for life.
0: That's it. It's sealed in stone. Done. I mean I think it was
2: before we got on this too at the same time though, but you know We made it official. Yeah. Guys, I love you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. It's just so so wonderful and it's so nice to get to talk. Just about interesting, fun things and kind of delve into it.
0: Yeah, we'll do it again. Thanks yeah, for bringing yeah. your blanket.
2: Oh, anytime. time. I'm yeah. gonna go home and I'm gonna sleep with it tonight.
0: Good, do mm-hmm. you uh, have anything quick to plug before we're, we sign off?
2: Oh, uh, yes, Artistic New Directions, uh, Eclectic Shorts, starting at Shetler Studios. I am playing an Elvis impersonator. Nice. Amazing. Yeah, which is fantastic. And uh, Do you get
0: to wear a white suit?
2: I think so. Or gold.
0: Oh, good. Yeah. Good,
2: good, the good, white good. probably wasn't going to look as good in terms of the form-fitting nature of my uh, <laughs> zip code style large ass. But at the same time, <laughs> I'll still bring a little bit of the heat. And then uh, Gary Austin's the classroom at the pit on Wednesday.
1: Cool. Cool.
0: Cool. Thanks. Cool. Uh, Thank you, Jerry. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, guys. Uh, so concludes another episode of the Bitch Seat. And uh, per use, you can find us on. TheBitchSeatPodcast.com uh, Tweet at us at at the underscore bitch underscore seat or at listen is a person or
1: or what? Your oh, Twitter oh, 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 at, at Phil Casale. Thanks I'm trying to help you Phil, out. Phil C-A-S-A-L-E
0: Alright cool guys. Have an awesome week and uh, dredge up all your old shit so we can talk about it.
1: Please. As always, I'm Paul. And we're from Juicy Reviews. We have a podcast where we like to talk and review movies, maybe bring on a wacky character from that movie, and always play some games. We
2: like some games. I actually brought a clip, Paul. Wait, you brought a clip? I brought a clip. Can I listen? Yeah. I look mad young, right? Yeah, yeah. you look young in the movie, and uh, I hooked up with a bunch of the young chicks at the movie. Oh. You know what? You know it's
1: not illegal if you're a police officer. And, I and, believe. That, and yeah. this is something I wanted to bring up since you're here. Sure. Tell us about all the hookups on set. Oh my God, who's I'm, hooking up with who? Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, like, there's like these like Asian girls in the movie, right? They put I, the twins. I right? triple kissed them okay Whoa. a little
2: triple kiss that, that way kissed. i didn't get confused
1: if it was rachel or rebecca yeah yeah, yeah exactly i was like or oh, whatever and i triple kissed them was, was that
2: offset or on camera or and they got cut out maybe or
1: oh uh, i didn't do it on camera for sure okay. i would never because i you know what i mean that's i could get in a lot of trouble for that the, i don't i don't know how old they are i can never tell with them but uh who else let me see cecily the
2: girl yeah i, chaw- cecily I, Strong. I chalked her you chalked her what, <laughs> what is what is chalking that's when you kind of forcibly kiss someone